welcome to the sermon podcast for Ashburn Baptist Church, Chicago. We pray the message you are about to hear is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. How many of you are happy to be at Ashburn today? Man, we are so great. It is so great to see your faces. We are excited that you're here. I chose the wrong day to wear sheep lining on the inside because Kara, our son, is that kid. Like the kid that can't stop moving and can't stop talking. And about like 30 seconds and I realized our kid is that kid. Wrong day to wear this. I was feeling hot. And speaking of feeling, how many of you here today are grateful for your senses? You know, your senses. Like your touch, your smell, your sound, your taste, your sight, your senses. How many of you could have named all five prior to that moment? Anybody? Yeah, some of us. Good job. You paid attention to grade school. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Some of us are even especially more grateful for our taste and our smell post-COVID. Am I right? Some of us are especially grateful for those. In fact, on the count of three, let's all yell out our favorite scents. Whichever one of those is your favorite, touch, taste, hearing, smelling, seeing, whatever it is, yell it out on the count of three like your team, the Chicago Bears, just won the Super Bowl. It might be the only time you ever get to cheer like that. Are you ready? One, two, three. Okay, that was amazing. If we do ever win the Super Bowl, it will be an electric city. I heard a lot of things. I think my favorite sense, without a question, is taste. Mainly because, like, I love food. Like, I absolutely love food. But a few years ago, Karen and I took a trip to Virginia with my family. And when we were there, we went to these things called caverns, the natural bridge caverns. Has anyone ever gone inside of a cavern or a cave before? With every step, it feels like it drops by a degree. And as you make your way down what was, in our experience, a long hallway, every step, it got a little bit chillier. You pulled out your hoodie, you put it on. We made it down into the cavern where we were able to explore and look around, look at the crevices, look at the holes, and look at the stalactites and the stalagmites. Don't ask me, I don't know. I still don't care what's a stalactite and what's a stalagmite, but we looked at all of them. When we made it down to the bottom, our guide said, would you like to experience what it's like down here with no light? And of course, the whole crowd agreed. Let's see what it's like in the complete darkness. He said, if you get afraid, grab the hand of a loved one. Kara ran over to me and grabbed my hand. No, I'm just kidding. I ran to her and grabbed her hand. And on the count of three, one, two, three, the lights went out. And you could not see the hand in front of your face. You could not see anything at all. It was in complete darkness. We couldn't see. I think sometimes those of us with vision often take our sight for granted. We forget how incredible of a gift it is to actually be able to physically see. And more often than we take our physical sight for granted, I think that we take our spiritual sight for granted. We underappreciate our spiritual vision because there are very important things that happen in all of our lives and being able to see those things is a gift. Being able to see why things happen. Being able to see the bigger picture. Being able to see the right direction. In Luke chapter number 18, we find a story. A guy named Bartimaeus is the star. He was a beggar. And look at how his story begins in verse 35, where the Bible says this, As Jesus drew near to Jericho, a blind man named Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. Oh, right. I forgot to mention, 
He's not just a beggar. He's a blind man. He can't see. He used to be able to see, but had since lost his sight. And wow, can I and maybe you relate to that? To that. Because there have been times in my life where I could see. Times in my life where I could understand. Times in my life where I knew which direction to go. And other times when I had no idea what was going on. Where spiritually I was living in darkness. Didn't know what to do. Didn't know where to go. Times where I understood. Times where I did not understand. Times where I knew. Times where I did not know. Times where I could see. Times where I could not see. Like in 2020. I couldn't understand why God was allowing my church to go through a lot of pain. I couldn't understand why God was allowing those things to happen. I, I couldn't see. I couldn't see the bigger picture. Like eight months ago, when my parents stepped down from the ministry that they worked at for two decades they resigned because they chose truth over convenience, and they stepped away from that position, even though that position was comfortable. Even they know they knew that position, they stepped away from it because they knew their name was far more important. It was hard. I couldn't understand why my mom and dad had to be put through such heartache. I couldn't understand why their, why their trust was betrayed. I, I couldn't see why they had to move back across the country 13 hours away from me and Kara and their new grandkid. I can't see. I, I can't see the bigger picture. Bartimaeus couldn't see either, but he could know. Let me show you what I mean. In Luke 18 and verse 35, it's Jesus drew near to Jericho. A blind man named Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging and begging. As he's begging, he hears a crowd going by. He asks what it meant. Blind Bartimaeus is begging in the streets, and all of a sudden he hears a crowd. I said, blind Bartimaeus is begging in the streets when he all of a sudden hears a crowd. I said, he hears a crowd, hears a crowd. He couldn't see, but he could hear. And I think too many times in our lives, we use not being able to see as an excuse to not listen to what God has for our lives. Too many times we use it as an excuse to stop listening to what God has to say about us. We can't see why he's allowing something to happen in our lives, so we stop going to church. We can't see why our prayers aren't getting answered, so we stop praying. We can't see, so we stop listening to the word of God. And listen, church, this morning, if anything else, I'm here to convince you that the devil is a liar. And just because you can't see God in these moments, he is still here. He is still speaking, he is still working, and he still has a plan for you and a word for you to hear. And just because you can't see in these moments doesn't mean that you can't hear what God has for you. The crowd passes by. Bartimaeus says, hey, what's the crowd about? Why are you guys here? This was their response in Luke 18, verse 37. They said to Bartimaeus, Jesus... Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Don't miss this. Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Whoa. Did you catch that? 
Their response was, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Oh, and he knew who Jesus was. He cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He already knew who Jesus was. He knew that he was the king of kings. He knew that he was a miracle worker. He knew that he had what he needed. He he knew that this was the God that could heal him, the Jesus who could help him see. He knew who Jesus was. He couldn't see what was going on, but he could know. He couldn't see what his next step was, but he could know that standing in front of him was God. And I want you to know that same truth today. Just because you can't see doesn't mean you can't know. Just because you can't see what your next step is, just because you can't see why these things are happening, doesn't mean that you can't know that we serve a God who is much bigger than our problem. And for somebody here, I think that there might be a disconnect between what we see and what we know. In his brilliant new book titled Catching the Light, there's a quantum physicist who writes of what he describes as the entwined history of both the light and the mind. He writes of studies which gave very interesting views of people who were born with no sight but received new vision so they had surgery so that they could see. And thanks to these cornea transplants, people who had been blind from birth now had functional use of their eyes. They could see. Nevertheless, he says that success is rare. He talks about one boy where he says this, the world doesn't appear to this patient as filled with the gifts of intelligible light, color, shape, awakening from surgery. He observes that light and eyes are not enough to grant the patient sight. He continues and he says, the light of day beckons, but no light of mind replied within the boy's anxious opened eyes. The sober truth remains that vision requires far, far more than a functioning organ. Because without a connection between the brain and the eyes, we are blind. I like that. Without a connection, we are blind. And I think it could be that some of us this morning are missing a connection between being able to see and being able to know there is a disconnect. And today we need to boldly proclaim that even though I can't see, I can know. I can't see why God would allow these things to happen to me. But I can know that God works out all things for my good. I can't see how I'm going to pay my next bill. But I know that Jesus cares for me and he paves his streets with gold. I can't see what my next step is. But I can know that my Jesus already has it planned and orchestrated. I can't see how all of this is going to shake out. But I can know that I serve a God who holds it all together. I can't see, but I can know. Let me challenge you today that no matter what you're going through to know That Jesus is your Savior. He is your Savior. Romans 6.23 says that the wages, the penalty of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you might not be able to see today what's going on in your life. But you can know that Jesus has the power and the authority to take away all of your sins And thank God for that truth, because all of us have sinned. 
And because of the sin that abides in us, we are to, for all of eternity, be separated from God. And yet God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, who came to this earth and died on the cross so that you and I can know Jesus as our Savior. And the Bible says whoever calls upon the name of Jesus, knowing these things, will be saved. Let me challenge you today to know Jesus is your Savior. But secondly, even if you can't see, know Jesus is your God. John 1 talks about Jesus being the Word. It says, in the beginning was the Word, was Jesus. And the Word was with God. Jesus was with God. And the Word, Jesus, was God. And you might not be able to see today, but you can know that Jesus is God. God with all knowledge, God with all power, God with all understanding, all love, and all acceptance. Know this Jesus even if you can't see. He's a Savior, He's a God, and He is enough. He's enough. Paul says this, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I love that truth because it means that even if I can't see, Jesus can. Even if I can't understand, Jesus does. Even if I can't handle it, Jesus has it under control. He is enough. Bartimaeus couldn't see, but he could know that Jesus was a savior. Jesus was a God. Jesus is enough. It's what he needed. And that's why he cries out, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, do something. And as he cries out, the people around him start to get a little bit annoyed. The Bible tells us that in verse 39. And those who were in front of him rebuked him, saying, hey, be silent. Hey, Bartimaeus, shut up. Hey, Bartimaeus, pipe down. And I can almost even picture it as they start to kind of block Bartimaeus from Jesus, telling him to be quiet, telling him to pipe down. How many of us have felt like that before? Like just stuck. Like even if we had the means and the vision to get through, there are so many obstacles between where we are and where we need to be that even if we could see, we wouldn't know how we'd get there. Because life just really hasn't been working out in my favor. What do we do when we can't see and we can't pass? Well, Bartimaeus shows exactly what we should do when we can't pass. Luke 18 and verse 39 says, And those who were in front of him rebuked him, telling him to be quiet. Bartimaeus cries out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. He cries out all the more. Even though people were telling him to pipe down, even though people were telling him to be quiet, he cries out all the more. He couldn't pass, but he could pray. And what a strong reminder to all of us that in life, when we can't pass, when we can't get through, we can pray. Church, what if every time we hit trouble, we started praying all the more? What if every time we hit a little bit of pushback, we started praying even more than we ever have in our entire life? What if every single time that somebody spoke out against us, we started praying all the more? Sure, life is hard. Sure, people don't like us. Sure, we're dealt with a sorry hand. Sure, we can't pass, but we can pray. I think it's a good reminder that when life feels most suffocating, prayer is most important. 
Think about it. Breathing is something that you and I are constantly doing. Like, stop for a moment and see how long you can hold your breath. I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit longer. But at some point, all of us would have to gasp for air. Because we need breath. We need air to live. That's just how our bodies work. If we can't breathe, we must just breathe. And I think prayer is a lot like breathing. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. What he's saying is pray like you breathe. Like every single moment of your life, spending it in prayer because we need it in our spiritual bodies. We need prayer. Even if we can't pass, we can pray. Every failure in life is a failure to pray. Bartimaeus, while he had been praying. In fact, this was the second time that he's been recorded as praying, asking for mercy. And the second time he's been recorded asking for Jesus' mercy, he says, all the more, which means even louder and more often. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, I can't see, have mercy on me. Jesus, here's the commotion. He asked that Bartimaeus be brought a little bit closer to him. When Jesus sees Bartimaeus, here's the exchange of verse 40. Jesus stopped commanded Bartimaeus to be brought to him. When Bartimaeus came near, Jesus asked him, what, uh, what, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> Jesus, can't you see that I'm blind? <laughs> Jesus, haven't you been hearing my cries? <gasps> Jesus, I, I can't see. You can, you can know that. You're all knowing. Jesus, I've been crying out all the more. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. What do you mean? What do I need? I don't understand, Jesus. You know what I need. I need sight. And even though maybe Bartimaeus couldn't understand it, he could trust. And even if we're praying to God, And we can't understand why God wouldn't answer our prayers. Even if we're praying to God and if God makes something work out in a way that we didn't expect or didn't want or didn't know what to do with, we might not understand. We can trust. That's called faith. See, faith is trusting God's plan even when we can't see. Bartimaeus couldn't see, he couldn't pass, he couldn't understand but he could trust that this Jesus standing in front of him was a savior, a God, and enough and could restore his vision. Jesus, what can I do for you? And here's how he responds. He says, Lord, let me recover my sight. Jesus says to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately Bartimaeus recovered his sight. He followed Jesus glorifying God. God came through with a big time miracle. And by the way, God always comes through. If not in our way, maybe not in our timing, but he always comes through because he's always enough. And even if we can't understand, we can trust. 
like today, right now. I can't tell you, I can't see, I can't pass, I can't understand why the thing that happened to my parents happened. I can't understand the pain, I can't understand the backstabbings. But a couple decades ago when we were living in Virginia and my parents sat us down in the living room and they said, hey, God's opening up a door for us to move from Rock to Rockford, Illinois. We're going to be leaving in the next couple of months. As a 10-year-old, I, in my very immature mind, understood that God had it all under control. And here we are a couple decades later, and guess what? God still has it under control. And as a 10-year-old, I could see. As a 29-year-old, I can't see. But I can know, and I can trust, and I can pray. Back in 2020, I couldn't tell you why God was allowing so much pain into our hurt, uh, into our, into our, our church. I can't explain why so much heartache was being allowed to happen in this place, but I, I couldn't understand why people were being so mean and unkind. But I could see God had a plan for our lives. And here we are almost 20 months later, and as we look back to those moments, I couldn't see then, but I can now that God was preparing some things. He was working even when we couldn't see preparing us for a moment that we weren't ready for, preparing us to be your pastor. We were ready two years ago, but God worked all that out. You know, sometimes God allows us to go through dark days because dark days grow our faith. So maybe today, you're sitting here, you're listening, you can't see. You can't know. Maybe you're sitting here today and you don't know how you're going to pass. You don't know how you're going to get through these obstacles. You, you can pray. Maybe you're here and you can't understand why all of this is happening. You can trust. Maybe that's why James says, hey, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, trials of various kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And when you experience that, let steadfastness have its full effect so that you can be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Dark days grow our faith. Church Ashburn, today let's determine to be like Bartimaeus. Let's know Jesus, let's pray all the more, and let's trust him even when we can't see. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have any prayer requests or questions about your spiritual life, we would love to pray for you. Or if you would just like more information about visiting us in person, please email us at chicago at ashburnbaptist.com or visit our website ashburnbaptist.com slash chicago.